and welcome to the official Black Country Healthcare podcast, Mind Over Natter. In today's podcast, we're going to be discussing the world of men's mental health, particularly young men's uh, and adolescent mental health. And today we are joined by some lovely guests, uh, including some of our service users from our CAMS Ambassadors group. Um, We've also got um, a guest here who has some insight on different aspects of the local Black Country region and beyond um, regarding mental health and they're there to discuss their experiences as well. So would you all like to just start off with introducing yourselves? Um, Shall we start with, do you want to start with Kirsty? Okay, thank you. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, so no, my name's Kirsty and I'm one of the nurses that works over at Positive Steps um, and I'm lucky enough to work with the ambassadors who have a lot of thoughts and, and sort of feelings about things. So yeah, that's that's me. Fab. And do we want to introduce, introduce the young ambassadors as well? So Stuart, did you Absolutely. want to go first? Uh, yeah, so I'm Stuart. I've just turned 18 and uh, I'm part of the uh, Comes Ambassador group. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Sam, age 14, almost 15, and also part of the Young Cubs Ambassadors. And yourself, Lucy? I'm Lucy, I'm 17, and I'm also part of the Young Ambassadors. Yeah, Ambassadors. Thank you, it's lovely to have you all here. Um, And can we just ask um, about Tough Enough to Care, Stu? Yeah, um, I'm Stu, I'm not part of the Cubs Young Ambassadors. (laughs) Um, I'm the founder of the male mental health charity Tough Enough to Care. Um, I won't do too much now because I'm sure we'll go into it throughout this. Absolutely, thank you for that, brilliant. Um, So, welcome to all of you, thank you for joining us today. Um, Now this week in particular we're going to be raising awareness for Children's Mental Health Week. Um, So obviously it's brilliant that we've got the Young Ambassadors here to, uh, to put a bit of scope on that. Um, as I have briefly mentioned, the topic will be will be focusing on men's mental health. Um, in particular, we're going to be delving a little deeper um, and looking into the taboos um, around sort of opening up about mental health and how we can um, eliminate those and, and how we can address those issues in society, particularly with the, within our own service as well. So I think it's going to be beneficial if we start off with just looking at the uh, facts and figures behind men's mental health. Um, of course, we know with many statistics, it's hard to really know the figures. Um, they don't always represent what's happening in the communities around us. And statistics, they can only tell us um, so much about mental health problems because obviously some people don't report them um, and people may go undiagnosed. So this is particularly true in men's mental health. But with that being said, it is quite shocking to hear that three times as many men uh, die with uh, through suicide compared to women each year. Um, in 2017, we have the statistic that nearly 6,000 suicides were recorded in Britain and 75% of these were men. That's quite chilling, isn't it? That, that you know, that's quite scary. Um, and with all that in mind, it's also to point out that men are much less likely to reach out and access psychological therapies than women. We have the statistic here that only 36% of referrals to NHS talking therapies are for men. Um, so that just paint obviously a bit of a gloomy picture, um, but there is help and support support available. Um, and we would just like to say to listeners today that if you are worried about your own or someone else's mental health, um, there are offers and services out there to help you in your own communities. And we're going to speak a little bit more about that today, aren't we? 
Um, so I think that's a good way to open up to our guests now. We're going to um, start asking a couple of questions for you guys. Um, so to start off, um, just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, I want to ask you um, of a key sort of icon or idol that you have that is a male um, who <clears throat> may have particularly come forward about having mental health issues or has been done some work for. It doesn't necessarily have to be a celebrity. It can be just somebody who you know, somebody you've worked with. Um, but yeah, if one of you would like to start off and say who anybody you've got in mind. I've actually got a friend, Bruno. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. He, he really struggled with his mental health for a long, long time before he actually managed to access or felt able to talk about that definitely um so i think he he kind of like started it off a little bit in terms of actually he's this boxer he's this uh, you know really tough guy and yeah he is experienced or has experiencing mental health problems so but me that's that's him show me my age but there you go <laughs> no definitely <laughs> and i think yeah 100 percent that masculinity can sometimes be a front carnet for yeah. for mental health um so that's maybe something we can talk about in a moment um has anyone else got any anybody in mind i think for me it's not on the celebrity scale but just the everyday blokes that can sort of stick their head above the trenches Definitely. and say yeah. actually i'm struggling um from the day i started the charity yeah people that i never ever thought in a million years would struggle have struggled yeah. would it would have struggled in the past um, came up to me and said, yeah, I've, I've struggled. But because of that, other people around them have then said, oh, me as well, and me. So I think just those everyday people in, in our lives that we see um, can really sort of give people that push to speak about their own mental health. So I think they could be all big sort of idols <coughs> and something to look up to. Absolutely. Absolutely, that's a really good point you raise there, just because there's a topic, uh, there's a... Uh, saying man up as well, so like the stereotypical about the big like uh, young men which sort of their emotion need to stand out, but actually men are still as much human as still have feelings. So just I'll say any guy who just doesn't feel ashamed to just say they're struggling or start or just uh, doesn't feel afraid to have a cry now and again uh, so just anyone who anyone who just says it's okay and just follows it up like like big uh, icons such as for example Shawn Mendes cancelled his tour due to mental health so uh, I think that's a a big icon to look up to for people to know that it's okay to stop things to prioritise yourself and it is really important. 100%. And I think last time um, we had the, the young person's not here but I think he opened up to me Stu about um, you know situations that he was op- started to open up about his own difficulties and actually what was happening he was finding that like young people around his friends were like oh you know um, yeah I, I, I suffer with that so yeah. I think sometimes, you know, if it's those people who feel confident enough and able to enough to actually be open, then it just it seems to have a ripple effect, doesn't it? So with all that being said, um, despite, you know, we've got these big influential people coming forward and being really honest about their mental health, um, the government have done a lot of adverts recently, haven't they, regarding men's mental health and suicide. Why do you think that the statistics are still so high? What do you think those barriers are? 
for men to come forward and, like you say, um, sort of open up together? What What's restricting them, do you think? Because most people would like, I know like myself, if you think that you open up to someone, they're going to find a way to use it against you or something like that. Like you just don't feel happy opening up to people in case like something happens. So it's that fear, mm. you think? So it's the fear of it being used against you? Yeah, that's what I mm. Could be being ashamed, yeah. Like that, that they have got like a mental health issue that that um they're a bit worried to open up and tell everybody about how they're actually feeling when they shouldn't because it's everybody, uh, I, I think everybody anyway, goes through a mental health issue at some point in their life. And everybody needs to talk about it. Mm. I suppose as well, even I felt like I was really struggling with school and I was getting bullied, for example, and I thought, like, I need to be brave and I need to just get on with it. They're losers, and I kept telling myself that, blaming them for it, and I thought, oh, I can't tell it, I can't discuss it because that turns me into a snitch and that turns me, and that will turn me into the bad guy. And I just kept it in and kept it in, and that has a negative impact on the family because I release it through anger a lot of the time because I find it hard to talk about. And uh, just, yeah, feel like just talking, just hearing one person struggling makes it slightly not alone. Because when you're having issues like this, it's so easy to feel like you're on your own in all this. Which is absolutely not the case at all, and the statistics, heartbreaking statistics does say it all as well. And I feel like as well that uh, the typical men's mindset is to embrace more mm. as well. So yeah, just try it. <clears throat> do, do you sometimes think that, and, and working with um, young females? A lot of the time, the behaviour seems to be outward and angry, and very much they're labelled as, you know, a bad egg or whatever. But when you actually sort of sit down and talk to them, there's a lot of anxiety in the way that they're kind of showing that it is through. So I don't know whether you guys think maybe that sometimes people misinterpret actually what's going on for you, yeah. and that might stop you from coming forward and getting help. It's also the fact that, like, like, if you, I don't know, if you open up about something like that, you don't want people to see you in a different light. Because I know something happened with me, which I'm not going to talk about, and like, I thought that if I told people, it would be, like, kind of guilt-tripping them, and then they'd see you as, like, this vulnerable, different kind of person, and I wouldn't want that because, like, you know... Yeah, because there, there, there seems to be this real need to kind of be, you know, together... It, it's bred into men yeah. from day one, from from the day you're born. Um, a, boy, a girl falls over, you adopt the soft, high voice. Oh, is everything okay, darling? Come here, give me a cuddle. Boy falls over, potentially injures himself even more. Come on, get up. Girls don't cry. What are you crying about? I'll give you something to cry about. And we just do it. It's it's the norm. No one challenges the behaviour. I coach my son's under-six rugby team, and you see it week in, week out. I'm guilty of it as well because it's what you do as a natural response. Oh, get up, carry on. He's crying, whether he's hurt or he doesn't know how to express his emotions because he's lost or someone didn't pass him the ball or anything like that. Instead of nurturing those emotions and saying, right, this is how we show them, we're instantly just saying, don't cry. Show, crying is a sign of weakness, don't do it. So you then fast forward 14, 15 years, that kid's got four, got 20 years 
built up anger and no ability to show any emotion. So what they're going to do? They're going to lash out. They're going to thrash out at people. And like you say, they just get labelled a bad egg. So they instantly go down that road because that's the road they're supposed to go down. Um, I know people now who speak openly about struggling with PTSD. When they left the military, they were just classed as a angry ex squad mm. no one ever actually scratched the surface to look beneath what was causing it and then it goes it still goes all the way back to childhood because no one's allowing people to express these emotions definitely i think it's important for parents isn't it to realize that because sometimes you wouldn't always think of it like that but if you've got a child that um like you say either a boy or a girl that embracing them to have those emotions and let that sort of come out and um Having, letting them, yeah, have the opportunity to, to say, I'm not feeling great. I think, I think we're very good like, with, with girls and stuff about encouraging these emotions and things, aren't we? Mm. But um, I've got three lads myself, <coughs> and you do slip into some of those kind of like, the section, just me. So I've got two boys, and <laughs> I sit here preaching about it, and then people actually did this last night, because it's, it's just. The, the human norm because it's bred into us for generations and it is getting better you know you think back two or three generations it was a hell of a lot worse but there's still a long way to go I think yeah and the statistics prove that yeah so with that in mind um it might be a nice opportunity to you for you just to say a little bit more about tough enough to care because we're going to go on maybe to talk a bit about the services um and how if you've got a young person in that situation you know with mental health issues or that is in crisis what they can do so maybe it'd be nice for you to talk about what you guys do at tough enough to care yeah definitely um so well first off how we came about yeah i was the, the boy and the man we've just been talking about the, the man up um yeah. all the way until 2019 my background is played rugby all my life been in the military doing industrial engineering all those toxic masculine environments and then so 2019 i lost two friends to suicide within four days of each other and it was only then that me and a group of friends sort of sat there and thought what's causing it if something's broken how do we fix it and we realized that we were the problem because we weren't giving that outlet to people we weren't allowing them to talk to us had our friends used us to talk to if they'd known about it we d- we'll never know but we do what we do know is that that option was never there for yeah. mental health was just ridiculed it wasn't on our radar other than it was a sign of weakness and that was it um so yeah instead of sort of like stepping gingerly over the fence i took a massive running jump and went from the man up camp all the way through to setting up a mental health wow. charity and what we do now although we are a male mental health charity we're a mental health charity that focuses at our aims on male dominated environments yeah. so we'll support women as well um, and i think sometimes in those environments it's harder for women because they've got to reach that level of toxic masculinity for acceptance and then continue with the same sort of behaviour as everybody else in that environment. So what we try and do is remove the stigma, like we said before, remove that fear that someone's going to use it against you as a weapon, especially in a workplace um, or a school or even in a social setting it could be used against you. So try and educate everybody in what mental health actually is, good or bad, we've all got it. Um, and that's what we do, we try and go out there to educate people. We also run weekly support groups for men, 
we're about to launch some for women. Um, I've had close to some cards before. We've got a text support service, which is available for anyone, any age. If you can use a phone, you can use a service. We're just trying to give everybody that chance and opportunity to support other people and support their own mental health and reach out to us and say, look, I'm, I'm struggling. And then signpost, if we can't help, we're happy to signpost to other services, which is what I think these podcasts are really important for. Yeah. So we can sit and go, well, we can't do that, but you can or you can, and we can all help each other. Fabulous. And Kirsty, because um, obviously you're a CAMS nurse, yeah. so in your work, have you noticed that toxic masculinity that Stu was obviously talking about? Like, is that something that you link with you know men's mental health and how, how does that come across in your in your work yeah definitely so um we don't have so many males like lads coming through or if we do it's usually because of behavior issues yeah. um but like i said when you sort of scrape fat there's things going on underneath yeah. um so that that's kind of a big impact on that and i think there is there's, there's influences out there yeah um who <coughs> preach about what a man should be um, and so they get very sort of, I suppose, conflicting kind of messages in that, you know, to be a man you have to be a provider, etc, etc, etc. And then we're kind of coming along going, well actually, just, just you know, embrace your emotions and you're okay. And I think within schools there's a big, still a big kind of, you know, an idea of what a man is and what an idea of a female is. And I'm, I think it's going to take a long time to kind of try and... Uh, knock that down a little bit um but i think also like one of the young people before talked a little bit about the environment and how the young kind of lad and who they could go to and where that would be i think that was another thing wasn't it in terms of environment you know yeah. is, is there an environment that's probably better suited yeah. for for your lads to come forward and feel okay doing that yeah um Definitely. yeah fabulous like, especially of like i've compared myself to like other uh, other men out there who are just who just like looking on online and at school and college who are just so much cleverer than me and I just tell myself that I should be more like them and I try to improve myself more and that makes me feel really bad about myself. Yeah. So yeah, that's another point as well. Yeah, those external influences yeah. can be. Like I just want to be someone that I'm not. Yeah. yeah. I like to home. So it's when we think about girls, don't we? We think about kind of like you know the physical appearance and all that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And I think kind of I don't know with with lads whether it is more the kind of the masculine sort of side mm. of things mm. that they kind of. You look at like boxers or people who go gym and stuff and just think I want to be like that. But then when yeah. you start working towards that, you notice like might not have the right genetics in your chest or something or your bicep might not pop as much because like your genetics physically don't allow it and then you start comparing yourself and then you break down more because you realize that you can never be like them it's a love island effect yeah <laughs> so true Every, yeah everybody wants the instagram lifestyle yeah, or yeah. champagne lifestyle and milk bottle wages yeah absolutely did you get to the stage and during the summer that i wanted to have a stronger body so i did start to go to the gym every day and i really because mm. so. I think the thing with going to the gym and obviously your physical health and being active can really benefit your mental health can't it like going out going for a walk going for a run whatever it may be but actually when you it, 
it's like you say it's that environment isn't it you want that positive environment to do that not that negative that pressure that you may you know see other people doing that well, I want to be like that I need to be like that um, and that's when I think some of the issues can come in um, for, me, um, for me the gym's great because like you can go there like whenever I, like, I can't really my metabolism, my metabolism is like too fast to actually you know get somewhere with my body but like whenever I go there if like for instance I was trying to do deadlift a couple of weeks ago and my form was completely off like I probably would have broken my back somehow by the way that I was doing it <laughs> and some man probably in about his like late 30s 40s came over started helping me out and stuff and like it's a positive environment yeah like you go there you don't one. normally get judged like you can see people of all different like people who look like Chris Hemsworth who are like really hench and then you've got people like <laughs> who just are like really big or whatever yeah. and you can see a massive difference and no one judges that's so brilliant people like me whose favourite machine in the gym is the vending machine yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would be me as well absolutely it's exercise just pushing the buttons yeah. <laughs> I'm bending down to yeah. pick up the chocolate <laughs> so we're talking about the, those environments those positive environments so with that in mind what do you think society can do to make these environments um more friendly or services more accessible what do you think we can do as you know as a community as a society i think make everything less like a box ticking exercise yeah they shouldn't just say oh we're going to do this because of your mental health we're actually going to do this as an overriding whole life approach Mm -hmm. you know not just make it oh you've got mental health you've ticked a box you know well done now we'll carry on to something else. You've got to have it that people just feel comfortable. Remove the fear of stigma and try and get rid of throwaway comments like man up, which has yeah. probably killed more men than cancer. Mm-hmm. And another one I saw online the other day, and I'd never really thought about it before. Get rid of the it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Because it's not. It's okay to be struggling, but you've got to reach out. You can't just go, do you know what, I'm not okay, but it's okay. It's almost normalising struggling without reaching out and just putting it down to, oh, it's fine, everyone else is doing it, so I'll just carry on. We've got to stamp this out and say, well, if you're not okay, that's fine, let's talk about it. Don't man up, speak up. Yeah. So just little little changes like that, I think, that in every environment, yeah. sports clubs, social clubs, theatre groups, yeah. schools, wherever... It's just got to be normalised, so yeah. it's no longer this big highlight sort of flashing neon sign. Yeah, let's talk about mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's, yeah. it's more about emotional well-being, isn't it? And yeah. Kind of being able to sort of take care of yourself and, and, and if that means kind of opening up and talking to somebody. And I feel like as well people just need to be more aware of people's issues and we need to just talk about them more in schools and in uh, workplaces as well because it's so easy to just uh, live day to day life without actually thinking how people might be thinking, uh, feeling inside and being very ashamed to talk about it especially for uh, someone who's just turned 18 and trying to and trying to like get used to working and uh, I just want to try for everyone because they've offered me a job but I feel like I just people just need to be not talk about it loads but just talk about it occasionally like how are you doing mm-hmm. it's a one question like it's a question which is absolutely priceless just look how are you today yeah. and I'm here if you want me and I feel like more people need to do questions like that in life and in society and especially
I don't know. I don't know about when Phil is loose, but I think girls we do tend to check in with each other mm. a little bit more. Yeah, I think like I think we open up more than men because um, I, I think the men have that like shield of where we have to be all strong and everything, yeah. and we have to you know put on a hard face to make us either look cool or different or something. But like women, we we um. Well, I talk about my mental health more often than ever now, sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think women do tend to voice it a bit more. Maybe they can speak louder, but, you know, I think we do, yeah, talk a lot more. I know when I'm in college, for example, I just want to be friendly with people and I want more and to get on with more people but it's not something I could just feel like I could just openly tell everyone that I'm struggling because it does <coughs> give me the impression that I might think I'm begging for sympathy or the like ooh here we go again someone begging for sympathy kind of thing so I just I don't want to be popular but I want people to like me for who I am and same when I go to my kickboxing and the, I just, it's just something which I really talk about, like I do just with my family when I'm in the camps environment, but it just isn't yeah. much. Really, I think also like the term pick me, it's kind of like ruined a lot of people's lives recently. Do you know what pick me means? Like, pick if you're pick me. Yeah. It means like basically saying, let's say that I said oh, I something like, bad about myself or whatever and then people think oh you're pick me because you're doing it for attention but a lot of people get called that and they're actually just trying to open up about themselves but right and they just get called a pick me for it I've never heard of that <laughs> I'm so yeah, <laughs> 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 make me feel old <laughs> I haven't heard of it and I'm young <laughs> <laughs> I mean one of the examples that I can think about so one of my son's friends phoned and he was, he was really quite tearful and, and, and kind of my son was trying to sort of how things and stuff. No, no, I'm fine, and it wouldn't open up. Um, typically, British response: I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'm just crying, but I'm fine. Um, and then this friend kind of phoned back an hour later, going, oh, "I was just joking. I wasn't really crying, and that kind of thing." And I think that's that's a lot of the mentality is kind of that thing about, right? Okay, I'm really, I, I know, I'm embarrassed myself. You know, kind of worrying about what my son's going to think of him and all this sort of thing. And I think that's a big factor, isn't it? I think with men, uh, and it's probably across the board, but more so with men, it's not the stigma, it's the fear of stigma. Because I don't know of any man who's opened up to someone they think they can trust and they've opened up, and then it's been met with stigma or ridicule. Everyone's been really supportive. I mean, there will be people that will say, well, actually, I opened up and it wasn't the response I wanted. But on the whole, as a majority, people open up and I get that response like your son wanted to help his mate so it's not that there's going to be an issue it's the fact we're all scared that they're going to think I'm stupid for crying they're all going to laugh at me that's it yeah I'm weak Um, they're going to tell me to man up there's actually more often than not you'll open up with someone and go I'm glad it's glad it's you as well it's not just me I always used to think I was stupid and I used to give myself a hard time when I used to start harming myself and I was struggling and I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone and it was only until 
and my mum saw my bite marks on my arm and she realised that I was young and I needed help and then I got referred but yeah I feel like as well there could be so many hidden secrets about people that I don't feel like I can talk about so I feel like just yeah I suppose it's thinking a little bit like isn't it about what we can do to try and kind of encourage people to feel more able to talk about these things more openly you know and and then trying to think a little bit about how how we do that really yeah but I think as well like let's say that there's two different people in the room who open up if you see someone who opens up like and they've been through like a like 10 times harder time than you have you then maybe don't feel like you should open up because the person around you he's gone through self-harm he's gone through trying to commit suicide and all you've done is your dad died or something like that like something that might affect you in a very different way and therefore you don't want to open up because the people around you have like had a much harder time so you feel like yours is pathetic compared to theirs i mean i eventually once got up the courage to talk about something and i was just like oh i better not because there's people out there worse off than me people out there haven't got home so just because i'm feeling down i just need to carry on with my life if you ever feel that, if it's affecting you in any way, there is nobody more worse off than you because it's affecting you. And something we push and are quite passionate about in our support groups is one, a group agreement. It's not rules, it's just an agreement that we'll respect each other's opinions because everyone's got different ones. Um, no judgment, so whatever comes out in there, illegal, immoral, whatever we're not there to judge we're there to just offer a space um, and a four walls promise that whatever is said in that room stays in the room unless it's like a, a welfare issue or they've asked us to go and speak to someone yeah. it, it stays there and it, that's how you breed that trust and going back to what you were saying there about thinking other people are worse off one of the phrases that i've used from day one one man's mountains another man's molehill so i could be sat here now with millions of pounds in the bank talking about being depressed and everyone's like, oh, what you got to be depressed about? The more famous you are, the quieter it is when you shut that door out. That's that's what you've got to look at. It's everybody's frame of reference to the world. So for you, yeah, there might be people in your mind in a worse position, but they might look at you and think, do you know what? I don't want to talk about that because Stuart's really struggling. So don't beat yourself up and think you can't talk because you haven't hit the limit of issues to warrant you talking to someone. If it's affecting you, it's affecting you. And by not talking about it, it's only going to affect you more and more. Definitely. Everyone's different and you'd be amazed. I've had people turn up to the group who I know personally and they've walked through the door and I thought, well, because I'm sat here, they're not going to say a word. And they have just <coughs> gushed. Everything's come out and they've walked out like a 10 ton weight's been lifted off their shoulders and I'll see them down the rugby club and they'll just look at me and nod and oh, that's it that's the yeah. level of yeah. communication outside of the group yeah. um, but other people if they might walk into the group and see someone they know wouldn't open up like you say but they'd rather talk to a stranger some people would rather talk to someone they know and trust everyone's different I'm the same as well I don't know you see so I mean I've been walking around places around the Midlands and I've been told by people, well, mostly men, uh, just talking about everything, and I feel like it is 
it's Holbrook here, but it's also nice that people are willing to share it and they do still share it, so that's always a nice feeling as well. I know like sometimes I need to be in a certain frame of mind to get all my issues out, I can't just, there's loads of times I'm ashamed to, but sometimes when it's really affecting me I just go all out and I just, I literally just have a 10 minute non-stop fast conversation releasing everything and it gives just a massive weight off your shoulder. If um, I'm worried about my own mental health, or if somebody listening, maybe they've got a child that they're worried about their mental health, or they've got somebody's got a friend listening, what sh- what can they do to help? Yeah, so, so you've got some, you've kind of got organisations um, like Tough Enough to Care. You've got ones um, like Coof. Um, I suppose it depends how the severity of kind of how they're feeling. So. Always go to the GP, get referred through to, to our service to the GP. Um, there's other things called Papyrus, so that they they're an organisation that works with young people who have like suicidal thoughts um, or have bereavement. Um, so there's the Samaritans. There's like, there are quite a few sort of for me to list, but um, what I don't know. If there's at some point we could do something, and I can literally go through more of them. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, definitely, if any sort of concerns, go to GP as well. Yeah. You know, um, and get through to our sort of services. But I think kind of access to support groups is, is really good as well because, you know, there's a long waiting list. So yeah. it's just about, you know, knowing that we've got like tough enough to care, we've got um, sort of, is it Black Country Boys or something? Black Country Blokes, they do the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, they've got, um, <laughs> they've got the oh, yeah, the, the Black Country Blokes, they work out of the Lions Boxing Gym in Broly Right. And they do stuff there. There's, there's another boxing club over in Tipton as well that I think do things. Um, <clears throat> locally, speak to sort of like your, your local council or, or yeah. a GP a lot of GP surgeries have social prescribers yes. whose job it is to go and find the little people like myself other other groups like that that aren't necessarily mainstream and well known yeah. here for youth is another one that does that yeah yeah so we've got here for youth amazing um, so it's just literally just putting those names in yeah. um, on site and it'll come up with the information there's another good resource online young minds yes. the website and the beauty of that one and we send a lot of people that way there's not just help for young people mm. there's help for parents and carers Brilliant. to yeah. support themselves and to understand what the young person's going through yeah. and the support that's available i think sometimes having that kind of opportunity to talk things out sometimes yeah. it kind of Brings so you know, comes emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But like, I think it's like you said, a lot of personal choice, isn't there? Yeah. There's things out there, and it's just what you think might be helpful for you. Yeah. And certainly, like with the prescribing, um, like you and other places, GP surgeries and things, yeah. they will uh, help you get access to other things. Um, how help with you? Isn't there needs to be more like awareness shown out for it in general? Okay. You're right, I think. Right, stuff like adverts and stuff yeah. like if you're just on TikTok, like maybe just get like an occasional pop up message and stuff like that. I don't know. That's a very good idea. Social media works towards positive mental I know, I could have thought <laughs> it. <laughs> that never happened. Billboards well would be a good idea, just being like, just not being too negative, but 
just spreading awareness for heartbreaking figures because I was quite shocked when I went there. It, mm. And just. So it sounds like massively, it's like it's knowing what's out there, isn't yeah. it? And, and yes. how we get that out there, that information, so that. It's crucial because yeah. it changed my thought a bit when I saw the statistics and I've looked into it. And you do hear about more men who struggle nowadays and unfortunately more men die to suicide each year than cancer isn't it yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that and like it's almost double or some sort of stupid statistic like yeah. that and that's what gets me like you you stuck behind, stuck behind a bus and there'll be an advert for have a tablet for this go and get a check up yeah. for that no one puts posters up about suicide yeah. because yeah. everyone still thinks it's that dirty it's subject that and you don't we're all yeah. no, can't talk about that you know I don't it's not something anyone enjoys talking about obviously but uh-huh. it's but for sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of like not the traditional kind of sort of therapy sometimes. It is about just having the opportunity to go to a gym and, and be around a positive male model, you know, role models in terms of, yeah. you know, it's okay if you, if you feel that way, yeah. talk to us. Yeah. And, you know, um, in school it's kind of like, well, if you go to this room you're seeing your mental you know, yeah. it, 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 sometimes that might stop. Yeah. And also, so I would need to be more places where people are uh, more aiming at men can go to just to release their anger sometimes because that really helps as well. Like I saw like I saw on the news a few years ago that there's somewhere in Birmingham that had like somewhere where you could break things for example. Yeah there's rage. I really want to go. But I just feel like more of a places to do that really just release your negative energy. So does Yeah but some people wouldn't do it in anger. Well, obviously, I get where you're coming from, but some people would just, they wouldn't want to just go out and break stuff and let it all out. I think they'd rather just, like, do it in a different way. Like, some people do art and stuff, let oh, out their emotions. Well, yeah, or, there's those options there. Like, I, go, I do Everybody's different at the end do. of the day. Everybody has their own techniques about how they deal with it. Like, mine is walking. If I, if, if I am angry or upset, I will walk. I could walk the whole day. If I was angry <laughs> and upset, I would walk. I'm sorry, I'm a very but there is time sometimes where I just want to go on my own and scream really loud mm. and just take deep breath in and deep breath out. Yeah, and, that, and that's your technique, sort yeah. of thing. And like, you know, um, like mine used to be football. Like, I used to run my energy off when I used to play football, and you know, I. I loved it. Everybody picked me to go and take these um, corners because <laughs> I, I got the longest thrower, would take the throwing. It felt nice because you felt wanted and everything and that, you know, like you, you score the goal and you get happy. But when that, after that, like, you know, 90 minutes you played, you like, you, you saw everything's like done then. Like you, you go back to your normal life, like you go home, maybe you lock yourself in your bedroom and you think, oh, that's that done and everything. and. Um, you know, you you just like hide away again, and then you wait until the next thing comes up, and you know you do you do you do something what makes you good. But there's still that. I think the pe- people need to talk more to be happy, mm-hmm. uh, and I think there's loads of people these days that lock them up, lock lock themselves up in the bedroom, lock themselves up in the houses yeah, wherever they are, and they just hide and hide and hide, but. There is people who are waiting to see you, to come and to come and help you. Like there's always one person out there that will care for you. 
mm. for everybody. There is definitely somebody like um, a family member. Yeah, a family like my mum, my world. Like, I, I I never used to tell her anything about what happened, but now I tell her everything. Like there's no secrets between my, me and my mum. We have the best bond. We go out, do everything now, and that makes me happy. Same with my dad, same with my brother. Although he's abandoned me now because he's got a girlfriend, but... <laughs> I think um, bullying as well is like a big thing that drives people, because as, um, as you said earlier previously, it's like you think that you're going to be that snitch, or you think that like you're going to... If you say something, like I personally have never been bullied, so I can't relate, but I've known people who have, and who've like, been close to me and that. But, I mean, I've never really struggled with anything like that because I'm quite a popular person, but I don't want to be, like, the like the person who actually does the bullying. So, I think people, like, I know that people come to me and, like, open up to me and stuff because they know that I'm a well-known figure, but I'm not going to be rude to them or anything. Like, I think I've helped a decent amount of people just at school, but, like, they think if they tell teachers or something who can resolve the issue, which a lot of the time it does, they end up saying a name or, like... You'll, it all comes back to you and then you get called the snitch or therefore after school, out of school hours, you ended up getting bullied more. Like I know one person who went to a teacher about it, teacher just straight up said to the man, this guy said that you're bullying him or whatever, and then uh, he got jumped after school and stuff. So it's never going to get the situation better, is it? <clears throat> exactly, like, I think you need someone in school who you can talk to, which is entirely confidential about it, and then find a positive way to resolve it without... Confronting it like straight up, if you get me. I think you can have mental health nurses, can't you? I think every school should have one, really. There's a school we've been working with in Rowley called St Michael's, and they have a project called 21st Century Child, and it is unbelievable, and it is exactly what you've just said. It's a group of people that you can go into of all year group, year ages, and they just go and talk. So it's all based around a project to get the school better supported so what they can do as a whole school but everybody in that group uses it as a bit of a peer support session as well it's fun i was there a couple of weeks ago and they talk about like emotional maturity there were year seven and eight students in there that were probably more emotionally mature than me it was (laughs) honestly it was amazing and one of the one of the first things that came up was talking about bullying and just echoing, you've just echoed what they said, that you're worried about reaching out and getting support for bullying because it's going to make the bullying worse. Mm. Whereas actually, he doesn't have to worry about that now because he doesn't have to go to a teacher to get to stop. He can go and see his peer group and they can support him. He's probably not going to stop the bullying anytime soon, but he gets supported. So to roll that idea out in schools and colleges, I think it'd be perfect because we're not ideal to learn and talk to young people because our experience is lived experience as adults, but to get peers to support one another, it's it's a perfect environment because they understand they're on that level. They don't know what pick me is or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what that is. <laughs> I think a lot of it's online as well though. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't think like... Like in DMs, like personally, I don't get affected. Like if someone comments, "Oh, you don't look that good," or something about my hair or my clothes, like I personally don't get affected, but a lot of people would. Mm. <clears throat> there is people out there who do struggle with, um, like, but people people that no, yeah. trolls, trolls. But no, at the end of the day, what, like the what, people what's who the bullying? Like, is it cyber? Cyber, yeah, cyber bullying, yeah, cyber bullying. Yeah. 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 Um, 
sometimes people get pressured like to add other people who they don't know yeah. and then like people who they don't know they will like they'll go oh send me a picture and let, let, let me see what you look like and everything and then, say, and then oh, like yeah you? exactly that like you you send them a picture because you're thinking oh maybe they might comment on like how beautiful i look or like oh i've got like nice hair or something like that and then um you know they might next minute send you um another message going oh you're not what i expected you look ugly mm. don't talk to and me. then they expect your bitmojis to look like your real person i think it differs as well because like my generation i was bullied at school but when i shut the door at the end of the day I wasn't bullied anymore because we didn't have mobile phones or it was like MSN Messenger with dial-up internet. <laughs> we love to go outside to them little box phones. Yeah. <laughs> a phone box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like for me, you could just shut the world away and it was easy to shut the world away. Whereas now, I don't think I could handle it now because you'd have to switch everything off. But, but you don't want to You need off. everything on to current with what's going on yeah you would literally have to do that yeah i believe that if people the people who bully people are just not happy with themselves they are jealous of you and they want to change themselves because they're not happy the way they are hence they will take out on the people that they don't really know that much and they will try and um throw it to other people to make them feel um, better, but really deep down, I think they're the ones who are hurt. And maybe um, if teachers or whoever um, sees somebody bullying another person, they, I think people should go and ask. Obviously, both of them is the wrong right, but mainly the person who is um, bullying that person, because I think that that there's something deep inside of them that. Like they want to explode everywhere, sort of thing, but they're like locked up all the feelings inside and not telling anybody. They're, they're expressing it in a complete wrong way. The loudest person in the room is usually one that's struggling the most. Yeah. Whether it's laughing, joking, shouting, bullying, mm-hmm. they're the one that's they're masking something usually. Yeah. If you know me as well, you just go all out and you take a lunch. Well, we don't take a lunch, but you make the most of it. Loads of people around and you just. Yeah. And I think it's going back to it, like what you were saying earlier about that non-judgment. You know, the services should be open for everyone. And it's it's horrific, you know, if you are being bullied, you should have that accessibility to be able to, do, like we said, open up talk, not have to bottle it in, but also for that person that is potentially bullying and has their own problems, well, how can that be resolved? Because um, otherwise I think you just get into a vicious circle, don't you, of, of negativity. Um, Definitely. I think with the accessibility as well, mm. less hoops to jump through. Yeah. Like our, our support groups are any man over the age of 18, you can just turn up. Mm. You don't have to book, you don't have to have a referral, they're free of charge, you can stay for as little or as long as you want. Um, I get there's got to be a level of data capture for sort of cam services and things like that, but if you know you're going to go and get a grilling mm. to go and access a service, you're probably not going to do it. That's why I think the kind of other agencies are really vital that actually, you know, um, there are other things out there as well while you're waiting for that kind of service. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, we need to make sure that people are aware of those and, and what they are and how to access them. And that's probably something that we need to think about in the service about how we can 
do that. Um, how about we round off with giving one brilliant piece of advice that we have for our peers that could really benefit them with regards to their mental health. And don't compare yourself to other people. Definitely. In a negative way, otherwise. No, 100% Lucy. Um, open up and then you'll feel better. Mm. That's what I can say. Definitely. Stu. Never feel you, you've got to struggle alone. Yeah, there, there, there are things out there, so if you need help, you know, speak up. Yeah. I just want people to know that they're not alone. The statistics say or mental health is a big thing for loads of people around the world. But there's absolutely no shame in speaking up and expressing how you feel. It could only be just to benefit you. Just don't compare yourself to others, just be you, be the amazing person you are, just try hard, try and enjoy your life and there's always help out there wherever you are, wherever you're located, there's help on the internet, but my favourite thing in the whole world is that even though you don't see it, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, always. Thank you for that. And uh, any resources that we've mentioned, we will link to those. So obviously, um, we'll link to Tough Enough to Care Studio, obviously, um, and any that you've both mentioned. We'll make sure that listeners can access those um, if they need them. Um, have we got any final thoughts before we finish off? Any any final things on the topic? I, I think for me, it's just about um, taking stuff away from here today and having a, a discussion with manage etc about how we yeah. can kind of try and make changes or you know improve the access yeah. so that young young lads anyone really feel kind of more comfortable in sharing their experiences and you know open about kind of what's happening and what's going on for them really definitely thank you for that brilliant that brings us to the end of today's podcast so thank you so much to all of you for joining us uh, and taking time to speak out about this really important topic and about your experiences um, and obviously helping um, listeners signposting listeners uh, to places where they can find help Um, I really hope people listening have found this informative um, and we hope we've been able to provide um, like you say Kirsty something that we can take forward and really progress with this topic so thank you so much everyone thank you thank Thank you you.